The title of my message tonight is Eagle's Eyes. And uh, I believe that in a way God wants to position us in a place, as it says in Isaiah, that we mount up like wings of an eagle. We soar and we come into the presence of where God wants us to be. Because so often our view of God and our view of life is really clouded. I remember going to London with my wife in 2001. We went to establish a church there. And when we went, I always had a vision. My vision was, it was my vision, the direction that I felt that God was prompting in my life was to build a big church. But when I got there, we were in this conference with a, uh, a group of pastors, leaders, and uh, the pastor of the Hillsong Church in London, his name is Gary Clark. He came up and he said, Bruce, he said, I, I, I don't know what your vision is of London, for London, for the London church. But I'd, I really believe the Holy Spirit would uh, really want to captivate your attention. And he said, because God hasn't brought you here to build such a, so much to build a big church, but he's here to, for you to be a father, to reproduce many sons and to reproduce many leaders. And in a way, I, I, I was not backed by what he said, but in a, what, he, what, what God was doing prophetically was changing my view or my vision to be caught with his vision. And the amazing thing is that's literally what happened through the ministry of the London Church. God raised up many significant leaders and they are right today uh, touching many people's lives throughout Europe and even down here in New Zealand. And so God is really wanting us to catch hold of his view, his vision of what he has for our life. They say of an eagle, it has four to eight times stronger vision than a human. In fact, it can spot a rabbit 3.2 kilometers away. So its vision is very, very, very strong. And God is really wanting us to see as he sees, see through the eyes of an eagle, see in a way, capture uh, his view of what our today is like, but also of what our tomorrow is like. It says in the book of Ephesians and the apostle Paul's speaking, and he says, you've been raised up together and made, you've made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I know that's a positional uh, place that God has created for us, but what, God, what Paul is really wanting you and I to see is that we can never ever live just distracted by our current circumstances. We need to position ourselves with Jesus. We need to find ourselves. We need to move up to where God has us. Another scripture, and I'm just showing a couple of scriptures so that you catch the direction of where I believe the Holy Spirit wants to take us today. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And it comes back to not only does God want to position us, but God's really got to get our heart in such a place that we are able to see with the eyes that God wants for our life. And so often many people can't see what God wants them to see because their lives are clouded with unbelief. Their lives are, clouded, are clouded with rejection, fear, sometimes sin. And it's really distracting them from actually seeing what God wants them to see. And sometimes they can get very frustrated with God because they actually don't see the way he wants them to see simply because they won't deal with the attitudes in their life. Another scripture which I just want to build around a little more, and it just says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. 
I, I, I believe a, a good way to approach this scripture is from the end to the beginning because it talks about seeing things that are unseen. They're more real than the things that are seen. That really challenges us in our walk with Jesus because we're often engaged. Our, our whole demeanor, our whole life is really determined by the environment around us rather than actually beginning to see as God wants us to see. See the things actually that are unseen as more real than the things that are seen. And actually as it goes on, it, it comes back and it, it says the things, the evidence of things hoped for. We dream, every one of us dreams. I, as a young man, was a dream. I dreamed of many different things that some of them came to pass. But dreams really are based in, in, the, in the, this wonderful word hope. We hope, we hope. We don't really have the expectation. We'd like it to come to pass, but we're not really sure. We're hoping for. But when it talks about faith, it says faith is the evidence or the conviction or the substance. I can't say I'm a great cook, but one thing I've really worked out is what's the substance of a good curry? And really when you've got the substance right, you can add many flavors or many directions to it. But you've got to know the substance to really know what produces a good curry. Uh, the substance of bread is flour. And what, what, the, what uh, the writer of the Hebrews is saying is saying, now faith is the substance. There's a substance to it. The substance is the word of God. And it takes hold of the dreams that God places in our heart and it gives us the ability to see the things that are unseen as more real than the things that are seen. And I believe that that's where God is moving you and I as a people right now. He's moving us into seeing the things that are unseen as more real than the things that are seen. I walked into, we're right now, um, taking this service in the Mercury Theatre, which is an old traditional theatre that we bought a number of years ago. And God gave me a dream uh, in another city of this building. And I remember uh, just holding this dream in my heart and I had a conviction. And it was in 1995, the Holy Spirit, I came back from the, my summer holidays and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and He said, it's now. And I knew it was to do with us getting a building. And uh, a real estate agent came around to uh, my house a week uh, later and he said, Bruce, there's a, a building that's about to come on the market. I, I think it's the right building for you. And I remember walking into this theatre, which was, is now called the Mercury Theatre, but when it was built, it was called the King's Theatre. Not a bad name, probably should change it back to its original because above me there's a crown and on the side there's princesses and princesses, prince and princesses. But uh, if you go and, and he, he, we walked in, we came down the side, uh, I'm pointing to my left because that's where I walked down. I walked onto the stage and I was just so amazed because the dream that I'd had, I think something like 10 years before was of this view. I saw this theatre, God showed me and that he was gonna give it to the church. And so I, I held it, I, I believed, I, I believed absolutely that God would give us this building. And, and coming to Auckland, one of my big frustrations was that where's this building, God? Where's this building? I held it because I'd seen it before I saw it. And I believe that's the essence of faith. 
God wants to see. God wants you, if you're, you're right now in a position, God wants you to see things that are unseen as more real. Having the conviction. When you look in Scripture, there's many wonderful examples of people who are able to see. Uh, we have the story, which I'll talk about in a moment, of John the Baptist. Peter, great men of God who are able to see things as being more real before, uh, before they became actually evident. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving you and I into that realm. I pray tonight I'm able to, in a way, uh, be a catalyst for you where the Holy Spirit gets hold of you and He's able to put something in your spirit so that you're not really governed by what's happening around you. So often you and I can be governed by our circumstances. We can be governed by the moods around us. But really what helps us most is to lift our head above all that and begin to see as God's Sees. And as you see as God sees, something is unlocked in, your, in the inside and our whole worship changes, our whole demeanor changes because we start to live in a different dimension. So I want to just talk about four areas tonight and really developing that place of conviction, that place of actually holding something as being more real than the things that we see about us. The first area is in the knowing. Uh, having been in ministry for close to 45 years, one of the things that I've observed is, is there are many people who have what I call a very sincere belief. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They believe that He died for them on the cross, and there's many uh, people who would wear a cross because they believe it. They also believe that He rose from the dead. They have a strong belief system but the, the, the part that hasn't often connected is taking the belief they have into a knowing. And I believe what really develops our ability to move into this realm of seeing things as being more real than the things we see is our walking, our knowing, walking with God, walking with Jesus, and just knowing His presence. It just talks in the Bible in chapter Matthew chapter 16 of, of Peter. And I look at Peter and I think of Peter as this great, robust man of God. And uh, he would often open his mouth before he should. But in this relationship that he had with Jesus, he was gleaning, he was learning, he was walking. I'm sure that this relationship that Peter enjoyed and the rest of the disciples enjoyed with Jesus is probably very true of many groups of men or young men as they get together today. They were sitting around, and I'm not sure the exact environment I have been to where it was, but they were sitting in the environment, and, uh, and Jesus asked Peter, he says, well, Peter, who do they, who do they say that I am? And some say Elijah, some say um, someone else, Moses. But who do you say I am? And Peter comes out with this profound understanding. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I often think of that amazing statement because you can look at it and sometimes you, you, you don't put yourself into the reality of the environment. Who do you say I am? And he was able to see what others couldn't see because of this developing relationship that he had with Jesus. I also like the story of John the Baptist because Jesus and John the Baptist were related. And uh, J John the Baptist was slightly older than Jesus. 
And John was in the Jordan baptizing people and Jesus comes down and he comes down towards the Jordan River and John, here's John, and you've got to imagine John's his, his cousin, they're related. But John was able to see something that others couldn't see. He looked up onto the, 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 the uh, hill as Jesus walked down and he says, behold, the Son of God, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He was able to identify, he was able to see beyond the humanity of Jesus and begin to view the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And I believe that God wants to move His church right now, move His people, move us into the place where we're able to see beyond the things that are evident and around us but see beyond to the things that are unseen and be able to see them as more real than the things that are seen. There's another story spoken of the men walking out of uh, Jerusalem. They call it the the two men who walked on the road to Emmaus and, and they were walking and Jesus comes alongside them in his resurrected body and initially they didn't know him. They couldn't see who he was. But as they walked, Jesus went right back into the book of Genesis, the beginning, and explained the Word of God. And the more he explained the Word of God, the Scripture says later on, it says, as he talked, didn't something burn in our soul? But then as he explained and he came to the end, their eyes were opened and they were able to see something that was there, but they hadn't seen before, and it was this resurrected Jesus. And I believe that God is moving you and I into a relationship where our eyes are open that we might see. I love uh, what it says, and and just try to capture attention tonight, uh, today, because in in Psalm 139, it's a beautiful psalm about David. There's some very famous verses in it that we are wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made. And it just talks about David's understanding and his knowing of God. And there's just a couple of three verses that really really caught my attention. It says, you know me, such knowledge is too great for me. And what David was saying in this intimacy of his relationship, he came to the understanding that God knew everything about him. He could never hide from God. Some Christians think that they, God's not looking. God's looking all right. He, he's knowing. You know, I often tell people when my boys were growing up, I had three boys and I came to the point they were teenagers and I, I didn't really know how to skill them up on dating. And I just said, you know, when you start dating and you have a girl and you're in a car and perhaps the chemistry starts to move, just remember Jesus is there. And, you know, God is all-knowing. Sometimes we think we're hiding from Him and He doesn't really see, but He sees all things. He knows all things. You can't hide from Him. Another one actually says, which goes online with it, it says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I go? You, you can't hide from God. This was David. He, he came to this rich understanding out of his journey and walking with God. Where can I go from your presence. Then he says, marvelous are your works. Basically through his journey with Jesus, 
He came to this phenomenal understanding that God is present, God is real, God is all-knowing. How can, how can anybody live such a foolish life without acknowledging just the wonder and the blessing of this majestic God? So just moving from the knowing, the second part is action. Action is really when we take what we know and we do something with it. There's a, a great New Zealand writer who's a Christian, but her name is Brooke Fraser, and she went to a place called Rwanda when there was such devastation happening in that particular country. And she met a girl there, a young girl, her name was Albertine, and Albertine had been left orphaned because her parents had been killed. And uh, she... she took this little girl and she got to know her. Naturally, she got to know her name. And as she flew out of Rwanda and she was returning home, she penned and she wrote a song just about this girl, which the song was called Albertine. And the song just says, just a couple of the words, it just says, now that I have seen, I am responsible. Faith without works is dead. Now that I've held you in my arms, I cannot let go until you are. Those words, that song, when I first heard it, just really did something. It, it really moved me because so often you and I can see, but we don't transfer our seeing into an action. We don't follow it through. We don't move on it. And now, you know, just the words, now that I am seen, I am responsible. And I believe that God is really moving the Christian church where we, we, we are able to see the things that are unseen as more real, but it's what we're going to do with them. Jesus gave some wonderful examples as he walked through the journey of his life. He came to a woman that's called the woman of Samaria. She was by a well, and a Jewish rabbi would never, ever speak to a woman in her predicament. One, because culturally it wouldn't have been sensitive and right. But Jesus broke down all cultural barriers. This woman had been married five times. You, you'd never, as a rabbi, speak to a woman in that position. So he broke down every, uh, every prejudice that had been built up because of his religious belief. And he reached into the heart of this longing soul. And I believe that when you, when you are able to see things that are unseen as more real, you're able to reach into the depths of broken, broken humanity, not worrying about what other people perceive or think. You're able to reach in and you're able to bring them to the life-giving grace of Jesus Christ. He was able to reach in. He reached into her heart. He led her to the point where he taught her how to worship in spirit and in truth. He came across this woman who was a prostitute. Her name was Mary Magdalene. But he was able to bend down. He was able to sit. He was able to minister to her. She became one of, the most devote, one of his most devoted followers. The possessed man. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, this man was possessed, just out of control, who, who basically roamed the, the cemetery at night, basically tied with chains and, and beating himself up. But the moment Jesus, he came to Jesus, they find him sitting at the feet of Jesus in a sound mind. And I believe that really God is really wanting the church to move. 
to begin to see right now, we, we can look and think people won't change. But they will change. We've got to see them through the eyes of grace. We've got to see people through the eyes of love. We're going to see people through the eyes of, uh, that break down every prejudice, every cultural barrier that we're able to reach beyond. One of the things I love with what God has done with equippers around the world is He's broken down prejudices. He's broken down cultural barriers. I know on one point in the Auckland church, we had the expression of over 50 different cultures. It would be more than that now. Why? Because we stand on the rock Christ Jesus, our Lord, who demonstrated to us, we go beyond the things that are troubling the world. We see more clearly the unseen than we see the seen. We don't see the troubles around us. We see people through the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see them saved. We see them coming under the wonderful covering of His love, His atonement. And we're able to reach out and minister into their life. It changes us. Seeing things that are unseen as being real. How do we see our city? How do we see your, how do you see your neighborhood? Do you see them through the eye of faith? Or do you see them just because of the evidence or what you see around you? I believe God's wanting to change through our relationship with Him. He's wanting to change our actions so that we reach in and we reach out to people who often are despised and rejected. In our country, they have this program, and it's called David Lomas Investigates. A couple of weeks ago, I was caught by just this program because it was about a woman that we, uh, she was part of our church in Wanganui, and I'd, I'd lost uh, much of her life having shifted away from that city. Uh, and this story was, um, uh, one, her daughter was wanting to investigate her life. And uh, it was really interesting because we started this church and, and we were driving. I had my four kids in the back of the car and we were driving to our first service and I almost run this lady over. Uh, she comes into church, she introduces herself and she was a, she was a, a woman who had desperate needs. Uh, she had mental health problems. She had hygiene problems. But we as a church decided we'd, we'd go beyond the scene and we'd reach into the unseen. And uh, in a way, her faith grew. She was a very intelligent lady. But there was always part of the jigsaw puzzle that was never met. And just two weeks ago, watching this program, we found out that this, girl, this lady who was part of our, our church for a number of years, uh, we found out that she was left as a baby by her mother at three months old, years of age. She was left in a city called Christchurch. And she never, ever knew her mother. And right through her life, she had this pain, right, going right through her life as, who is my mother? Who would leave me? And as a three-month-old baby, and it really damaged her. We live in that environment. We live in a world where only Jesus can reach into the brokenness of their life and He can resurrect them and heal them. I, I, I often think, well, how come I didn't know that missing part when we were ministering to her. It's only just come to light now through DNA testing, but it helped the daughter. And I believe that God is wanting a church to move into action. Thirdly, perceptive, being perceptive. Our vision is often clouded, but just removing the cloud of, of perception. I wonder if the person playing the keyboard would just come and play, please. 
It's often clouded, but God is calling us up. God is calling us to a place where our vision is not clouded. We are able to see clearly. The Song of Solomon is a a very sort of a a love story in many ways, a romantic book. has many sort of romantic verses or descriptions in it. But I've always loved the Song of Solomon in chapter 2 and verse 14. It just talks about the, 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 the bride coming. And it just describes it like this. It says, Oh my dove, in the cleft of the rock, and here, here's the bridegroom. This is Jesus, he's speaking. Oh my dove, in the cleft of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. This is the the bridegroom calling the bride. Oh, my dove in the cleft of the rock, in that high place, that secret place. It's almost like God is calling you and I. He's not a harsh God. He's not an angry God. He's a forgiving God. He's a restoring God. He's a God who loves to reach in to our brokenness and bring healing. He's a God who loves to reach in to the areas of, uh, the, uh, of hurt and, and our vulnerability and He loves to strengthen us. It's almost like he, He's calling you and I in that place sometimes we feel vulnerable. But He's saying, oh my dove, in the cleft of the rock, in the secret place, there's a secret place for you and I to come. That place where He can see our face. He can hear our voice. His voice is sweet because like David said, where can you go from His presence? But what He's wanting you and I to do is respond in His presence, to know Him. It's really interesting because in verse 14, it's got this amazing verse. But in verse 15, it goes on, it says, catch the little foxes because they can come along and they can destroy the vine. They can destroy the, the freshness of the relationship that God wants you and I to build because out of that platform, we can change the world. He says, watch the little foxes because they come along and they nip the bud. They destroy before they have a chance to grow. They nip the little bud while it's in in bloom. And I believe that God is saying, come on, let's, let's change our perspective. Let's come. Let God touch your life. Let the presence of God minister to you. Why? Because out of His presence comes a confidence. Out of His presence comes the ability to reach and to reach out, to reach in. I believe tonight the Holy Spirit is really drawing you. He's really drawing you powerfully. He's drawing you into His presence. He's drawing you close to His heart. Because whenever you come in humility into the presence of God, you will always stand up and you walk out bold and confident. And finally, I believe that God doesn't want just the knowing, He wants the action. He wants to change your perspective, that you understand why you come into His presence. It's not to make you a religious freak, it's to make you relatable, bold, strong. Then it goes on and He says, faith has the ability to see but wisdom 
builds. This is where I want to conclude tonight. Faith sees. Faith sees those things more clearly that are not seen. They're more real to a person of faith than the things that are seen. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Wisdom has built her house. In Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, they labour in vain who build it. Now listen to this, and I'm not, the Bible's put woman in it, but I, I, I'm going to change it to people because I think it's appropriate for one of, every one of us. It says in Proverbs 14 verse 1, the wise person builds their house, but the foolish one pulls it down with their hands. Do you know you can have the faith to see? You can even have the, the action. But in a moment of foolishness, you can really destroy everything that God really might want you to build. That's why wisdom is such a powerful part of our journey, our walk with Jesus. I have four children. The oldest is a girl and three boys. They were close together. I remember my daughter, she was, her name's Rebecca. She was 12 years of age. And I can remember disciplining her harshly. Now, what she'd done wasn't right, but my action wasn't right either. It was an action of anger. It was an action of frustration. What I did was completely wrong. Up to that point, we'd been good parents. Wisdom was building. But in a moment of foolishness, I watched how I lost my daughter for two years in a moment of foolishness. Everything that had been gained was now lost, was now lost. I remember going to when she's 14 and kneeling beside her bed and saying, Rebecca, I'm so sorry. What I did was so wrong. I ask you to forgive me. See, you can, you can work well for 12 years, but in a moment of foolishness, the very thing you're building can be taken away from you. Even faith cannot hold you at that moment. And I believe that we've got to be so careful in life that we not only position ourselves to move in what God is saying, but we have the wisdom to build what God is entrusting to us. And I believe this is a powerful message to you. Wherever you are right now, God is wanting you to move into those things that are unseen. He wants you to, He wants your eyes to be open. He wants you to somehow capture the reality of what it's like to live as a child of God. He wants you to position yourself but He wants you to live with an action that's not just backed up with a belief system, but comes out of this amazing relationship with a living God that comes in the expression and the person of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you're here, wherever you are around the world, and, and you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never opened your life to Him. The Bible just says it is just simply a matter of making a decision. 
And making that decision, what you're doing is to say, I'm not just gonna believe in you. Jesus, I give you the right to come into my life and to change me. And I'm gonna pray a prayer right now. And if you would just follow these words, simple words, but it will change your life. If you position yourself in a church and a community of people who love God, God will help you to grow. You will change slowly, but you will change. Pray this prayer, Lord Jesus. Tonight I open the door of my life and I receive you as my Saviour and my Lord. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me, to restore me, to heal me, to change me. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Just as we close tonight, wherever you are, just with your hands lifted, just say, Jesus, I open my heart to You. I don't just want a belief. I want a knowing. I want a knowing that is able to hear Your voice, that Your voice is more real than even what I see around me. Your voice is able to change the way I see. It's able to change the way I walk. It's able to change the way I live. And I ask You right now, Jesus, to move supernaturally by the power of Your Holy Spirit. God, help us to open the eyes of our heart. Help us to see as You see. Help us to mount up like those wings of an eagle. Help us to see that we're seated with You in heavenly places. Let us not be caught by all the noise around us, but let us get a vision. Let us get a direction that takes us way beyond what is around us. I pray in Jesus' Name, You would let God work in your life, work in your heart, And let the supernatural power of God breathe upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.